And not only am I useful, I'm easy to be used. I'm not bucking against the system. I'm doing it the way God wants it done, when he wants it done, and in the matter he wants it done. Even though I may not understand it because I'm a faith walker, I walk by faith and not by sight, I still understand that I got to do it God's way. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Notice, if you will, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 10 and verse 27, again, reading to you out of the New King James Version Bible, which reads as follows. It shall come to pass in that day that its burden will be taken away from your shoulder and its yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed. Why? Because of the anointing oil. And based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic. I need God's anointing. I need God's anointing. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we were realizing and understand that we need God's anointing. We need his power. We need his mercy and grace and love in our lives, Father. And I pray, Father, for the word of God to minister to us, your sheep. We pray that you will continue to feed us with knowledge and understanding. And we bind the enemy that will try to hinder or stop what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. We cast them out. Plead your blood over this congregation. Minister to these precious sheep. And I pray, Father, that we will come out empowered and equipped, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. In the last few messages on Sunday, we have been growing in our understanding of the book of Luke. Specifically, how Jesus went from being full of the Holy Spirit to being led by the Holy Spirit into the willingness to be tempted by the devil. If you don't mind, if you go with me to the book of Luke chapter 4, let's go look at verse 1. I'm going to be brief with this, but I want to at least show it to you in the scriptures. In the book of Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. And also verse 2, Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. When we look at this particular, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus is and continues to be our greatest example of how important it is to be knowledgeable of the word of God, to be skilled in using his word, to possess a high level of confidence that we must strive to have in what is written. You remember when Jesus said, it is written. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we understand when God tells you what is written, he is quoting his promises. You know his promises from Genesis to Revelation. We have the promises of God, which are yes and amen. And Jesus would quote from 
the, excuse me, from the book of Deuteronomy and other scriptures throughout his ministry to show you the promises because why? He was skilled in the word of God. If God said it, that it, it came to pass. And you knew that when God said something, he had power to back it up. And we can see how the wilderness experience helps, amen, help to prove his faith. It also helps to prove our faith and prepares us for kingdom work. Because, you know, Jesus was tempted for 40 days by the devil. But he returned in the power of the Spirit in Luke 4 and 14. So let's go there briefly, Luke 4 and 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. We see that when he returned in the power of the Spirit, that news went throughout all the surrounding regions. Jesus was and is that honorable vessel that the Holy Spirit came upon, anointing him to do and still does ministry work. But thank God he is a anointed vessel, a good vessel, a vessel, amen, that God can use. And it's important that we understand our vessel type. If you don't mind, go with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20. 2 Timothy 2 and 20. But in a great house... And I consider the house of God a great house, a great house. There are not only vessels of gold and silver. Notice there are vessels of gold, vessels of silver, but also of wood and clay. Many type different vessels in the house. But notice what he really brings our attention to. Some for honor and some for dishonor. When he says some for honor, he says some are valuable. Some get great reference. But there are also those that are of dishonor. They're of disgrace and they are of shame. And we want to strive to be a vessel of honor. Vessels meaning an instrument and containers that are filled with the Spirit of God, led by his Spirit in order to fulfill the will of God. Vessels who are priceless in God's eyes. Vessels that reference him and his word. We want the Holy Spirit to deem us worthy to come upon us and anoint us. And see, God gives us a way of escape if we not are a vessel of honor. We see over in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24. Excuse me, 21. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, I got to purge myself from the latter. He will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, purified, consecrated, set apart, and useful for the master's you. I'm, 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 and not only am I useful, I'm easy to be used. I'm not bucking against the system. I'm doing it the way God wants it done, when he wants it done, and in the matter he wants it done. Even though I may not understand it because I'm a faith walker, I walk by faith and not by sight, I still understand that I got to do it God's way. 
Therefore, I need to know I'm an instrument that is honorable and easy for God to flow through. If not, I need to purge myself. And I need to get rid of things in me or people that are influencing me to think, talk, and act contrary to God's word. Therefore, it's important to me that I receive God's anointing to my to do ministry work. See, his power is the anointing. Lives are being changed by the anointing of God. Talent, skill, and personality are not enough. We need God's anointing in our lives as spirit-led saints. Therefore, we have scriptures like Luke 4 and 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Notice what Jesus said. He says, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. He's consecrated me. He's endowed me with gifts from the Holy Spirit. And see, the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus because he anointed him. He was smeared with the anointing oil. And see, in my opinion, the anointing was there as a benefit to Jesus, and not only benefit Jesus, but to help others in a greater way. So we have to continue to mature in our understanding that we need God's anointing to bless us, but even more that we can be a blessing to others. So we can become more effective and efficient in our service in God's kingdom in the church and beyond the church if we understand how to let the anointing work through us. And I want to show you something about what Jesus did. You know, I, when we were studying about when Jesus was tempted in the devil, and I showed you uh, how each time when Jesus was tempted, he quoted from the Old Testament of a certain scripture, and he would read that scripture back to the devil. Talking about it is written, and I showed you where he got that from. Well, I want to show you where he got Luke 4 and 18 from, because remember when this was written, the New Testament was being developed or it was being written because it was happening right when this was happening. So when Jesus, we read from Luke 4, 4, 14 down to 4, 18, just give you a synopsis. Jesus had went into the temple. He picked up the book. He picked up the Bible, what we call the Old Testament will give you a better reference to it. He picked it up, he flipped over, or he went to Isaiah 61. When he went to Isaiah 61, he read Isaiah 61 in verse 1, which reads as follows. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and open up a prison to those who are bound. And then he shut the book up. (laughs) Well, I tell you, Jesus was the man. (laughs) And he still is the man. Can you imagine somebody walking into the sanctuary, grabbing the grab Bible, looking at Isaiah 61 and 1, and basically was telling today this scripture is being fulfilled in your eyes. You are seeing what, I, what, what Isaiah prophesied about. He, Isaiah didn't see it with his natural eyes, but he saw it with his spiritual eyes. And now you get to see it with your spiritual eyes. You get to see the anointing manifested in the flesh. 
Woo-wee. Boy, you, they should have been happy to see Jesus in the flesh. They see the anointing operating in their life. Oh, he picked it up. And I thank God that Jesus is still anointed. I'm talking about he's still anointed. I thank God because I still need the anointing today. I need it today. I'm talking about I need it this day on February the 21st, 2024. I still need it. I'm going to need it tomorrow. I'm going to need it next week. I'm going to need his anointing. Because when we look at Luke 4 and 18, because remember, that's what he quoted from. We understand that the power is in the anointing. Lives are being changed by the anointing. And we understand that the Holy Spirit is moving upon the anointing. And when we look at Luke 4 and 18, he says this, to preach good tidings to the poor. And I appreciate that sometimes, and I thought about this from this standpoint, sometimes it's not about financial being poor. Sometimes it's about your spirit man being poor. And see, you can be saved and your spirit man be poor. I thought about this example right here. I don't know if you ever had this happen happen to you before. You ever looked in your pocket and had this thought, I thought I had more money than this. I got the five amens on that. Let, let, maybe some of y'all had that kind of uh, epiphany. Somebody, you know what? I looked at my account and I thought I had more money than this. It's not that anybody robbed you. You just you spent more than what you thought you had. And see, sometimes life will cause you to spend more than what you thought you had. Sometimes you can be praying. Sometimes you can be giving. Sometimes from Sunday to Wednesday, you can spend more than what you thought you had. Therefore, it's imperative that you get in the house of God. It's imperative that you have, amen, devotion time. It's imperative that you pray. It's imperative. Why? Because you don't really know how much you're spending just dealing with everyday life. I mean, just dealing with everyday situations, dealing with your job, dealing with school, dealing with your workplace, dealing with people. You just sometimes just don't know how much you want spent. And so, therefore, you need, oh, excuse me, I need Jesus to preach the good tidings. I need for him to proclaim to me the good tidings. And when he does, it just builds me back up. And then I got more money than what I thought I had. <laughs> Glory. Woo. I remember the other day I was looking through something in my drawer and I saw a $20 bill. I said, oh, I got more money than what I thought I had. And see, sometimes when you're praying, you got more anointing than what you thought you had. When you're giving, you got more anointing than what you thought you had. When you're doing by right by God, you got more anointing than what you thought you had. And the second thing he says, he has, hit, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Let me say something to you. You can be saved and still deal with a broken heart. You can be saved and be dealing with stuff in your heart. Disappointments, frustrations, all types of things going on in your heart. And so, but you know what? God has sent, was sent for my broken heart. I ain't got to look for it in a bottle. I ain't got to look for it on the street. I ain't got to look for it in, in, a, in a place that God don't want me to be at. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I'm, thank God even today, Jesus is still healing broken hearts. And I like that because I need my heart healed sometimes. I, listen, you say, Pastor, you pastor, you don't need your heart healed. I beg to differ. See, you may not see my heart being broken, but you know what? God knows it. 
And so therefore he knows me enough to say, hey, let me get this gospel to him. Let me get let me get the good news to him. Let me get let me get this word to him. Let me get this anointing on him. Let me have sister A pray for him. Let me have sister B pray for him. Because why? He needs to be healed. And when I'm healed, I can pray for somebody else to be healed. Now, also, he says this to proclaim liberty to the captives. See, sometimes I can get captive, get myself caught up in stuff. I ain't got no business being caught up in. But God says I give liberty to the captives. And I listen, you may not need me to be free, but I need to be free every now and then. Because sometimes I get caught up in, and listen, you get caught up at your job and need to be free. Get caught up with your family and need to be free. Get caught up with all types of worry and frustration and need to be free. And listen, it ain't just for people they say. It's sometimes it's for people in the sanctuary. Sometimes it's for God's children that need to be free. And not only that, he says, in the opening of prison to those who are bound. Sometimes we get bound up in our own mind. I ain't talking nobody around. We sitting there looking at folks, but our own mind is bound. It's bound with trickery. It's bound with deceit. It's bound with anger. It's bound with jealousy. It's bound with all types of thoughts that are ungodly. Therefore, he said, cast down imagination and everything exalt itself against the knowledge of God because you need to be free. You need to be free. And one thing about being free, you know one thing about God, when he makes you free, he still don't make you choose. He makes you free, and then you got, you got to make a choice yourself. You know one thing I thought about Jonah? When Jonah got out of that, when he was free from that great fish, and he got up there on that land, he didn't have to run to Nineveh. <laughs> he could have ran somewhere else. But you know what? He was motivated. He was motivated, spending three nights in a great fish with no lights, no, no food, no air conditioning, no heat. Whatever was there was there. Spent three nights. When he came out that fish, he was motivated. He didn't, listen, he, he didn't say, God, God, do I still need to go? No, he, he, he took off. And the Bible says for a three-day journey, it took him one day to get there. He will, listen, he will motivate it. See, even when you're free, God still doesn't make you do anything. He's, you have to make the decision to do what's right by God. See, when he makes you free, you got to be free to do what's right by God. And so when we're going to be effective ministry. We must have God's anointing. And sometimes the anointing is, listen, the anointing for other people, but I cannot overlook that the anointing is for me. I cannot overlook that I need to be, I need God to minister to me. I need God to help me. Talk about cleaning that vessel out. I need God to clean that vessel out in my life so in turn I can be a better witness for the kingdom of God. I got to be a vessel of honor, prepared to be used for God for his purpose. It's the anointing that makes the difference when it comes to preaching, teaching, and serving others. We need Jesus to smear us with the fresh oil of the anointing to proclaim, to announce, and to declare his word wherever he tells us to. Therefore, it takes the anointing of God in us for us to be to successfully preach, teach, sing, serve, and so forth. Listen, I could can, I can just serve, but I need to serve under the anointing.
I could sing, but I need to sing under an anointing. I could love, but I need to love with the anointing. See, see, one thing about the anointing, the anointing is oil. It represents oil. Oil should make things slide a little bit. You know, what's, what's hard to do should make it a little bit more easier to do. Should make it as hard to do. Why? Because you got a little oil on you. <laughs> got a little oil in you. Ooh, I, I will actually touch your neighbor, but it might be a little, little got a little oil on them. I don't want you getting oil there. Y'all follow me? They got a little oil on them. Because so, why? They're sliding into prayer. They're sliding into, listen, they're sliding into witnessing. They're sliding into giving. They're sliding into loving somebody. It was hard at first, but the oil made it easier. The oil makes it easier to love my wife. The oil makes it easier for me to go pray. The oil makes it easier for me to love those that despitefully use me. The oil makes it what? Easier. I need the oil. Somebody say, I need the oil. Oh, yeah. In fact, just touch yourself real quick. Get some of the oil on your finger right quick. Let's get some of the oil on your finger right quick. See, the oil is on you. Are y'all following me here? Hallelujah. So I need that oil. That's why we need scriptures like Isaiah 10 and 27. Isaiah 27 says this, and it should come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken Lord Jesus away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Let's go back and look at that a little closer. It should come to pass in that day. What day? This day that his burden, his load and weight, his load and weight will be taken or removed, removed from your shoulder, interesting place that it goes to the shoulder. Shoulder represents some weight. I don't know if you ever had something that you had to feel like. Every probably anybody with responsibility, it seemed like it gets on your shoulder sometimes. I, I wish I could tell you that it goes somewhere, but it seemed like it's on your shoulder. It seemed like it's on your shoulder. And the Bible says this, and it's yoke from your neck and the yoke, the bondage that would pr- see a yoke is something that grabs a hold of somebody. Got got them. I wish I, I, I can put nobody head in here, but can you imagine somebody head right here? Whatever you want to this yoke, yoke will have you going wherever it goes. Anger got you going where you want to go. Jealousy got you going where you go. Unforgiveness got you going where it want to go. Listen, you need something to break that. Because why? It's been there so long, it's gotten used to you. It'll let you go because it knows that you'll come back to it. Thank y'all for the full amen. The honest folks in the sanctuary. Because, you know, sometimes when you ever start that type of pattern in your life, you need something to break it that knows how to keep it broke. You don't need something that's going to, listen, that keep you in the situation every time you get free. And you, it can just say, Listen, all I got to do is put this in front of them. They'll go right back to what I had. I'll put that in front of them. There it go. Put that in go right back into that. Tell somebody, I want to be free. Free, Forget all that stuff right there, boy. I'm going to be free, praise God. Why? Because of the anointing. Therefore, we need the Lord's anointing in our lives to remove burns, weights, and loads that come to bombard or attack us. See, burns, weights, and loads of pressure, worry, and feelings of rejection can come upon us in a way that causes us to have feelings of being overwhelmed. Overwhelmed makes us feel we have too many things to carry. Oh, the pressures of life finances, relationships, jobs, 
business, church expectation, family obligations can at times appear a lot to handle. And can I be real with you? They are a lot to handle. They are a lot to handle. Therefore, you need God to help you. You need need to be smeared. When they get a lot, you need to be smeared. You need to be smeared. You need to be smeared. Listen, I got too much. And what happens is, you know what it is? It starts to get in our minds. It gets in our mind. Because really, no one can see the pressure on you but God. Everybody look at you. Oh, they look fine. Like, cause you, you know, people that can handle pressure, people think you can handle more pressure because you handle it so well. Thank y'all for four amens right there. You ain't got to look at me funny. I know I'm talking to y'all in the sanctuary. I'm talking to all of us in the sanctuary. You handle it so well because of the anointing, people think you can handle more of it. Oh, oh you know, look at them. They, oh. I told them to do five things. They got that all down. Got it down. Pat, look how good they're doing it. Give them five more things. Because if I give this person five more things, it's amazing. You can do better ten things than some people can with five things. And it make it look like <laughs> they just throw more stuff on you, but they really, they're just <laughs> tricked by the anointing. And the only person that can get that off of you is the Lord himself. You got to be able to say, Lord, what you want me to do? Therefore, it's imperative that we are spirit-led saints. To say, hey, spirit-led saints sometimes will say no. Lord, is that too deep for y'all? Now, spirit-led saints sometimes will say no. No, I can't do it. Listen, I would love to help you, but really, I got enough on my shoulders already. I got enough responsibility already. I, right now, I cannot take something else on unless the Lord tells me to. Unless the Lord tells me to. And, and don't feel bad about it, neither. Listen, let me tell you something. Listen, respond to the text. Respond to the phone call. Respond to the email. And when you finish, go back, get your sip of Kool-Aid, and watch, do something else. Don't be worried about what folks say. Listen, they ain't going to like me. They'll like you because you got five or ten things you do well, and they want you to keep on doing those things well. Y'all feeling that? The anointing will trick folks, boy. They don't realize it's the anointing to why you do things so well. Spirit-led folks understand, hey, this person, they're spirit-led. They're spirit-led. But people that are not spirit-led, they don't understand why you do things so well. Yet the anointing will come and remove what feels like burdens and cause peace, joy, energy, and so forth to rise up. And the oil will cause the situation to seem bearable. The anointing will make the situation seem bearable. The anointing will cause, give us wisdom, insight, and our skill set to go to another level. And sometimes God would tell you to take on certain things. Because why? He's just building up your tolerance. He's building up your anointing. Listen, he'll tell you, listen, I know you were good at handling $100,000 a year. Now I want to see what you like handling $200,000 a year. Now, are you going to get mad with God say, you need time for you to handle $200,000 a year? No, you're going to do it like he tells you to do it. You're going to be spirit-led and handle it the best way you know how. Why? 
because the Spirit of God give you wisdom. He's going to give you insight. He's going to give you understanding. He's going to show you how to do it in a way that might give you 300,000 for us all over. God knows how to do that, y'all. God knows how to do that. He knows how to do that. And see, our situations may not have changed, but the anointing will cause us to be changed, us to be altered, us to be modified and adjusted in the situation. Lord, adjust my thinking, adjust my, excuse me, my talking, adjust my actions so that the burn would not get the best of me. The anointing would do the rest. Move the birds and destroy the yokes. And the spirit-led saints, we have to be mindful of yokes that would try to ease in our lives and cause us to be slave to people, situations, and such like. In other words, our focus will be more on pleasing people and maintain approval by others than, than to allow the spirit of God to be in charge. A yoke will influence us to do what people say before what God says. We got to be careful about that. So yokes of bondage can be destroyed. Yokes broken up. Each time I come and gain knowledge and understand of God's written and revealed word, yokes are being destroyed. Things I once yielded to, people I once submitted to, influencing me out of the will of God, that can be broken. Because what? Of the anointing. I need God's anointing, fresh oil constantly, all the time being poured out. I need a steady stream flowing out in my life. I need to help me so in turn I can help others. Remember they told you when you fly on the plane, they said when that thing come down, put it on you first, then help somebody else. You got to learn how to put it on you first, then help somebody else. Because I want Luke 4 and 18 to manifest in me and around me. It's going to require God's anointing, a fresh pouring, outpouring of his gifts, empowered by the way of the Spirit in order for me to manifest this particular verse. It's personal, and I want this level of anointing. I desire that my church operate in this type of anointing. And as God sends souls into his church, we are vessels to honor Honor, we want vessels of honor ready to be used as the Holy Spirit deems fit. Therefore, Jesus pouring into us and we are prepared to pour into them. Jesus pours into us. He pours into us and then we pour into them. Notice what he says in Psalms, our cup runneth over. So therefore, as your cup runs over, it runs into somebody else. Because God doesn't waste his anointing. Doesn't waste his anointing. A steady flow of power, a steady flow of healing, a steady flow of blessing, a steady flow of restoration, a steady flow of strength, a steady flow of encouragement. Listen, I'm going to show you this. If I can show you this real quickly, it pours out into her, and then it pour, uh, then her cup run over into her. The cup pours out into him, and cup pours out into him. The cup just keep pouring, keep pouring, and y'all know God don't run out, don't you? God never runs out because it's keep pouring, it keep pouring, it keep pouring, it keep pouring. My job is to bring my share in. My job is to bring my share in, so I'm not just coming getting everything but not bringing nothing. I want to be in a position where I come in here, my cup is already to the rim, boy. It ain't going to take much. You just bump into me, boy, and all of a sudden, boom, I just flow over. 
they're bumping the boom, they're bumping. She bumped in me and it flowed into her. I mean, I want to be that kind of person. I want to be anointed when I come in the sanctuary that as soon as you bump into me, you feel his love. Soon as I shake your hand, you feel his anointing. Soon as I, listen, come into the sanctuary, you know God is in the building. And as I bump, I'm just, it just starts flowing. Woo, you know something already for, you just, you, you, you know how you carry it. Ooh, yeah, you care. But as soon as the praise things start, amen, singing the praises of Zion, it just start pouring out into the sanctuary. It just start, the, the, the helps team start helping somebody. It just start pouring out in the sanctuary. Lord said, listen, I want to come with my cup already to the brim. And so as soon as you bump into me, brother, Soon as I bump into you, boom, there it is. It starts flowing. It flow to you. Boom, there it is. Boom, there it is. Then it flow into him. Then it flow back there to her. Then it flow back there to her. Then it flow back there to him. He said, it just keep on flowing. And after a while, it starts flowing. It starts flowing back. Then it starts flowing back. Next thing you know, the, 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 the sanctuary is saturated. Y'all remember saturated? Saturated with his spirit. Yokes are being destroyed. Burns are being removed. Healings are taking place. Deliverance is taking place. People are prospering. Listen, lives are being changed because of the anointing. It's, it's happening. It's happening. So, it's happening. It takes the anointing to take it from place of lack to a place of abundance. It takes the anointing to take from a place of brokenness to a place of healing. I want to dig a little bit more into Luke 4 and 18. I know I talked about it, but I'm going to look more into that, to that text. Luke 4 and 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He's consecrated me. He's endowed me with gifts of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover of sight to the blind and severed at liberty those who were oppressed. Again, before I go into this, remember this. This was when Jesus picked up that book and he read. He was really the manifestation of what he read. He wasn't trying to be that. He was already that. He wasn't trying to get that. He was already that. And he is still that today. And so if you need something, God is already there. He ain't trying to get there. Listen, he was trying to let the people know, hey, y'all looking for uh, some healing? Y'all looking for some deliverance? I'm already here. I'm already here. And he's not just for those people he read to in that sanctuary because he was in his hometown and they have a hard time believing it, but that's okay though. He's in this sanctuary right now. And he's ready to minister to you wherever you need. Notice what he said in Luke 4 and 18. Anointed consecrated, endowed with gifts of the Holy Spirit. Whatever gift you need, he got it for you. Whatever gift you need, he got it for you. I need deliverance, he got it for you. You need power, he got it for you. You need love, he got it for you. Whatever you need, he no, we talk about supplying every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, he got it for you. He got it for you. It is here right now. So notice this, the anointing empowers empowers us, gives us authority, and licenses me with gifts, ability, might, power, as well as the ability. Number one, what he said, preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim openly the gospel, the good news of the poor, those who are destitute of wealth, influence, who are in a state of helplessness. 
Again, you're not, I don't know, some, sometimes we read that and we're like, it's for a different set of people. But understand, that's for us if you ever get in that situation. I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying if you ever get there, it is for you right now. Don't be talking, well, he preached the gospel to the poor. I guess he was talking about them folks that, no, he's talking about us. You ever get poor, he's preaching to you. That's one of the things when he came to that sanctuary, he was telling them, hey, if y'all poor, I can help you. Therefore, the folks from his hometown had a hard time believing him. You mean you can help me, Jesus? You mean marriage, boy? <laughs> Notice how they changed his, his, the way they looked at him. And therefore, we don't need to, we need to look at him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We look at him as El Shaddai more than enough. We need to look at him as the great one. He can do all things save fail. So notice this, to preach the gospel of the poor. When it comes to the poor, the word of God taught with the anointing will remind us, uh, hey, how to deal with lack. Notice what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13. He promised us to be the head and not the tail. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28, 13. Deuteronomy 28, 13. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You should be above only and not beneath. If you heed to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. See, the anointing teaches me that it's God that gives me power also to get wealth. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. And you should remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. See, when I hear the word, I have to follow the anointed to reveal to me the greater understanding of his promises in my life. I just can't listen with my ear, but I need the word embedded in my spirit. And see, when the burns of being poor are removed, lacking are removed, and such like they try to overwhelm me, I begin to meditate on these scriptures in faith and with the understanding. And my spirit man will overshadow my carnal nature. I know God wants to bless me and help me to be blessed in every area of my life. And I understand that I know he's preaching to the unsaved, but I need to understand that sometimes he's talking to me. Remember we talked about early cleaning the vessel? This, this is us cleaning the vessel. When the word of God is revealed to us, notice this, because this is going to happen. This is your lifestyle. Each Sunday, each Wednesday, something is revealed that helps us to clean our vessel up. Each Sunday, each Wednesday. Pastor, I ain't heard nothing in months to clean my vessel up. Uh, <clears throat> really? <laughs> we'll talk about that a little later. There should be something revealed to you that says, hey, I need to clean my vessel up. If it's nothing but just simple, hey, men ought to always pray and not to lose heart. And you know you didn't pray for two days this week. And you say, okay, God talking to me about praying. I better get back to praying. Or you pray, now I lay me, and then you just didn't even finish down to sleep. You just, that was all you prayed. You know, you need to get that thing and just take it to that next level. Because he's telling us what? I need to pray. Something is being, that's me cleaning this vessel up so the anointing can rest in me so he can use me for his glory. 
Are y'all seeing it? So that's what we hear when the anointing comes and it comes in our lives. Notice what it says in uh, the second one. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has appointed me to heal or cure or make whole those who are brokenhearted, got a broken spirit, or their strength is shattered. Their strength is shattered. I think, I pray you, never, it never happens to you, but sometimes life can get you in a, in a position where it shatters your strength. You don't feel like getting out of bed. You don't feel like dealing with life. You don't want to go to work. You're at work, but you're just going through the motions. You're just going through life. I'm going to Lord, all these folks that are getting on my, not going to say nerve, but let's try something else. They just, they bother me. I just don't want to deal with these things. I don't want to go and deal with my family. I don't want to go and deal with my business. I want to, I want to go and deal with people in ministry. I don't want to deal with these different things. I am broken hearted. My strength is shattered. Therefore, you need God to, therefore, God was sent to us to heal us. Psalms 107 and verse 20. Psalms 107 and verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. See, God sends us a word to heal us. What caused pain in our life? What brings, what brings, he sends his word to bring healing and wholeness in our life. We were healed and we can do what God wants us to do. And let me say this, healing is not just mentally, but it's physically as well. God knows how to heal the brokenhearted. The next one is to proclaim liberty to the captives. Liberty means release from bondage and imprisonment. Minister forgiveness and release of sin. To those who are captive, captive is, is mental or physical or emotional prison. Someone who is bound. See, the truth of God, God's word makes us free. Free to think clearly. Free to obey God in every area of our lives. Being free brings a level of maturity as well. Being free helps us to get away from excuses that hinder our progress. Being free will, cause, will liberate us from the sins of our past, our present, and our future. The anointing teaches us to allow John 8 and 32 to liberate us. John 8 and 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Again, as truth is revealed to you, it's an opportunity to clean yourself up. Clean yourself up. I mean, I, I know because each, I'm telling you, that's almost a daily process. Daily process. I mean, I ain't got to look at nobody else. Talking about you need to clean yourself up. I got, I'm so busy looking at myself. Lord, Dobbs, you shouldn't have did this. Whoa, Dobbs, what you and did again? Whoa, I'm glad don't nobody know that right now. Dobbs, repent right now. Dobbs, you shouldn't have got upset. Dobbs, you shouldn't. Uh, I mean, I'm so busy looking at Dobbs, I don't have time to look at. Now, some people spend so much time looking at everybody else, they ain't never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a study flow of his power to help me from going to be free and remain free. Next one, he says, and recovering of sight to the blind. Recovery means return to a normal state. In other words, I was at the normal state. I got out of the normal state, and that God's going to bring me back to the normal state. What is, but what is it saying, recovering? The sight of the blind. Those blind means those that are mentally cannot comprehend. They lack discernment. Remember one thing when we talked about Jonah? And, and one reason that God sent Jonah to Nineveh, because there was 120,000 people 
who could not discern their left hand from their right hand. I'll be honest with you, that, that's, that's, a, that's a state right there. Because look at your left hand. Look about your left hand. You know which one your left hand, your right hand right now, don't you? Can you imagine if you could not discern your left hand from your right hand? Your own left hand and your own right hand. Not just one, but they said 120,000 could not discern their left hand from their right hand. And that was not Jonah's uh, assessment. That was God's assessment. So you know it was right. You know it was right. God was sitting there lying on those folks. God knew exactly their spiritual state. And what did they need? The gospel. They needed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was sent by Jonah. Jonah had a time getting there. But Jonah wasn't the only one. Peter had a hard time getting some folks in the New Testament too. Peter had a vision come down, y'all. I mean, a vision come down from heaven. A vision, and, and when he saw that vision, he's like, hey, God, I don't mess with the unclean stuff. And the Lord said, hey, what I call clean is clean. You try to judge something without even knowing nothing about it, but what I call clean is clean. So Jonah wasn't the only one had a problem, but God has sometimes, I ain't going to say sometimes, God has to get his preachers together, y'all. God has to get his preachers together, and I'm no exception to that particular rule. So I appreciate the Lord helping me, so in turn I can help y'all. Are y'all following me here? Y'all know God loves y'all, don't he? Yeah. I don't have no people say amen right there. Y'all know God loves y'all, don't you? There it is, bro. I'm telling you, he loves y'all. He loves us. He loves all of us, praise God. He loves all of us. And the next one, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Notice what he does, to set at liberty, to release from bondage and imprisonment, to forgive sins, those who are oppressed, shattered, or broken in pieces. God's anointing makes the difference. God's anointing will cause those who are broken in pieces, those who are broken in pieces to be healed, to be delivered. He's going to release those individuals. God's anointing comes to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Let me say this to you. You may not be oppressed every day, but if you ever become oppressed, I want you to understand that God is there to help you. God is there to help you. And let me say this. Can't nobody help you like God. Nobody. No man, no woman, no organization, no church, no pastor. Nobody can help you like God. God is the one who can help those who are oppressed. And I'm not saying you are oppressed, but if you ever get in that position, always go to God, ask him to help you. Always go to God, because that's what he came for. When he stood up in that sanctuary in his hometown and read this particular passage from uh, Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, he would say, hey, this is the embodiment of that. You are seeing somebody who can help. And we need to know who can help us. We need to know it's Jesus who can help us. Why? Because God anointed him. He anointed him. So when I talk about I need the anointing, not only do I need the anointing to help you, I need the anointing to help me. Because if I'm going to be a vessel of honor, I got to get my act together. 
I got to be like, listen, I, I don't want to be like Jonah. I don't want to go through what Peter went through. But you know what? I need to make sure I get my act together. Are y'all following me? Now, <clears throat> let me close it with this. It's God's anointing that makes the difference. It causes a change in our lives, bring to a different state and quality in our lives. The anointing comes to change us, change how we think, talk, and conduct our lives so in turn we can be more like Jesus. And when God endows us with his gifts, it makes us better for the master's use. Church may make us feel good, but the anointing changes us for the better. You know one thing about the anointing? If you allow it, it'll change you every day. Every day. Everybody say every day. Every day. And, I, and notice, it will change you for the better. It changes not to our standard, but to his standard, which will cause bigger and better to take place in our lives. It comes to destroy yokes and remove burdens. It's a difference maker that makes an impact in me and those that I minister to. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give. Text give to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.